so that you have a possibility of living this life with a peaceful mind, with peace of mind. You're coming to the ashram to purify the mind so you have the opportunity to live a life in response to reality, not in reaction to reality. You're coming to ashram to learn how to be out of the instinctual animalistic uh, reality that 90% of us sit in to being a human, a being of light. Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sanyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciant and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. Hello, good people. This is Chai Chai, a longtime student of Ishtadev Niwas. I want to give you a quote by Khalil Gibran. The plowman asked, speak to us of work. And the answer came forth, you work that you may keep pace with the earth and the soul of the earth. Always you have been told that work is a curse, a labor, a misfortune. I say to you that when you work, you fulfill a part of earth's furthest dream assigned to you, when that dream was born, and in keeping yourself with labor, you are in truth loving life. And to love life through labor is to be intimate with life's inmost secret. In the following 2021 Karma to Dharma lecture, Sanyasi Shivani speaks about the Western mind, where we are ego-driven, working only to support ourselves or our family, and we are missing the boat, people. Honestly, have you noticed how generally unhappy we are here in the Western world? Because we are living from such a small-minded, constrictive perspective. Sanyasi Shivani speaks about karma yoga as an advanced yoga practice and how eventually it will expand us into a soul-filled self-service. And this is what will bring us as a whole into the next evolution of human consciousness. My friend Pavitra Galindo, also a student of Niwas, said in her lovely Spanish accent, The more I offer my life force to the good of all, the lighter I feel, and I come into an understanding of myself more than ever. There is so much joy, peace, love, support, and connection when we work for others. You have to experience it to feel it, which is why we go to ashram. So, 
Karma Yoga is the process of purifying our minds to what is needed in the bigger picture. And when we surrender and let go, we experience the bliss that is learning how to work in the flow of life and earth. Earth lives in such synchronicity for the benefit of the whole. As humans being a part of Earth, this can come as naturally as breathing, and it feels good. We go to ashram to learn how to be a human, how to be a being of light in the service to all that is Earth. It is a beautiful love of life. So get ready to work and enjoy! Namonarayan, everybody. It is Sanyasi Shivani here. I wanted to chat with you today about some nuanced terminology that I think the Western mind gets a little stuck on. Um, stemming from a question in a satsang recently, talking about the difference between karma yoga, service, and selfless service. And so I wanted to, to share with you my own relationship to these concepts um, and to the reality of them uh, so that as we're as we are moving through this process of living yoga of um, of preparing to live yoga of uh, engaging in a life that includes service that um, we have the same we have the same uh, language we have the same languaging, we have the same understanding of the terms so that as we walk through it, uh, we understand what, what everybody's talking about. So first of all, karma yoga. Karma yoga uh, is one of my favorite aspects of yoga. It really is. I mean, I'm so pitta that, <laughs> that it, really, it really appeals to my sense of, um, of uh, being and of action, of understanding. And um, Karma yoga is the process of reorientation. Okay, so you're out in the Western world. The Western world, as um, driven by consumerism, by ego of what I have and what I own and how much I do and what I want. Uh, so very ego driven, very, you know, so long as my family is safe, uh, so long as my family is healthy. This is the this is the orientation and the mentality of our society. It's not a, it's it's not. I mean, of course, it's nuanced. Some people are more more narcissistic and egoic than others, and it is a systemic foundation of our society, of this me, me first, my priorities, what I want, what I need, what I uh, will come into action for, has to have a relationship to me, or I'm not going to care about it. And so karma yoga is this process. Now, this is Manipura Chakra. So this is, you know, you've after you've come into a state of trust and faith in the divine, uh, after you have started to witness and to um, connect with the emotional body as, as something that you don't just habitually react to, but can respond to, right? So karma yoga is not a beginner's yoga. It's not um, because it's of Manamaya Kosha and it's of the mind. And because Ahamkar is connected to Manamaya Kosha, the ego, um, it's very tricky. It, it has to be understood because it doesn't 
vibrate, it doesn't resonate at the same frequency as our society. And so a lot of people can bounce off that and that's okay. That's no problem. When you are thirsty for this level of frequency, then it is like a cool drink on a hot day, right? Um, so karma yoga is about reorientating my needs to the needs, my wants to the, uh, to the, to the duty, right? From, from my, it's, it's when we were in karma yoga, when we practice karma yoga, it's not work. It's a full embodiment, full heart, full mind, precision action without any requirement from the outside, not in praise, not in money, not in anything. So that there's nothing, there's nothing that we need. We are able to, because of our faith, because of our ability, our emotional maturity, to be able to um, witness uh, our emotions and witness the mind, we are able to come into full expression of an action and make it beautiful and make it precise and make it accurate and make it full effort without needing anything in return. This is not an easy thing for people to do. Uh, we, we want to do an action. We want something. We want praise. We want money. We want um, accolades. We want, and that's, that's not, the ashram can't give that because then the ego stays in the same pattern. If I do this, I will get something in return. If I do this, I will get something in return. And so that I will get something in return is an external orientation. Our orientation is to the ego doing something for the outside world to acknowledge. And karma yoga shifts that orientation, not from what I want so that I can be fulfilled, but to what do I have to offer so that the greater can be fulfilled. And so it puts your personal agenda to the side because your personal agenda is the ego. Yeah, of course we have bodily needs. We all need to poop and brush our teeth and eat and glass of water, things like that. But the ego is very tricky in that it, it gets thirsty for control over its reality. Um, and this is because it doesn't understand the sweetness of surrender. It doesn't understand the freedom in the mind when we are surrendered. So karma yoga is this process of purification. To purify this orientation of this egoic orientation, to purify the mind so that the orientation of action can be reversed from my will to thy will. Now, when that orientation has shifted, this is, this is my, uh, I've been, I've been sitting with this when, so it's my, it's my understanding and it's my belief that when that orientation has shifted, then you come into a state of service. Okay. You're in a state of service when you step into a sankalpa or an intention or something that it, you are not in control of that is bigger than you. And you are putting your life force energy into it to be wholeheartedly 
uh, engaging in for it to succeed without any control over the actions, without any control over the fruits of the actions, without any decision-making power over what is happening and how it's happening. Purely that you be part of something to be part of something. And that action while you're doing that, which is what we do when we go to the yagyas. We go to the yagyas, we have no say over anything, thank God, right? We have no say. We go to be part of the success of a sankalpa or an intention set by a paramahans, which means somebody who is enlightened, somebody who has attained Atma Bhav, and what they see needs to happen for global balance, for global health, peace, and prosperity. What they see needs to happen we request to be part of that. And so we go and we practice karma yoga to, with that in mind. And so to me, you can be practicing karma yoga, but you are not in service. But when you are in service, you are always practicing karma yoga. Because to be in service to uh, some cult of an intention or a, a, a movement that is bigger than you is to have had that shift of orientation. Otherwise, when you when you try and do that without the shift, the internal shift of an orientation, you get very grumpy. The mind can't handle it. The mind gets very snarky and resentful, and you know all of these things. It's and and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not. It's not nice. It, they, you need to go through a deep level of purification to be able to orientate your actions in this other way. And so that is to be in service. So this is what my experience is, or I aspire to my, my experience of when we now go to the yagyas. When we go to the yagyas, we go, we still need to purify. We are not perfect. We do not sit in the lap of Atma Bhav. We do not sit in that state of oneness with everything. So we humbly request permission to be part of a Sankalpa, of somebody who is in that state. And that accelerates our own evolution because we can feel it. When you practice karma yoga, when you practice karma yoga, so here's karma yoga, here's service, right? Where you have the right orientation, but you still need to purify. And here's selfless service, which is the actions of uh, somebody who sits in Atma Bhav. So when you... Uh, when you are practicing karma yoga in a container of an ashram, for example, like in Rikia, when we have the yagyas, and you are there to be part of um, the success of a sankalpa, of a paramahans, then that brings you in the, into the opportunity for you to experience being of service doesn't mean you are of service because to me to be of service means not that they need you no that's not what i'm saying not that they want you that, that's not what i'm saying either but your presence what you have to offer in the way you have to offer it brings it is more about bringing the sankalpa into success 
then it is as just as a tool for your purification. Okay. So like when you are practicing karma yoga, you could be at the yagas practicing karma yoga, but the mind is so unpurified, so distorted, or you have so much coming to the surface of you, your actions there are more about your purification than they are about the fact that your presence is aiding to the success of the sankalpa in that moment. And we all have moments, <laughs> right? We could have three days where we are totally in service and then we have a half an hour where we are practicing karma yoga. <laughs> And this is, this is like, this is the Leela. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to be held in a place where you can just be. And this is what ashram should be like. So you come to ashram and you learn karma yoga to learn how to, you don't even know how personally agendered you are until you are told that your personal agenda is not the priority right? And so you can learn karma yoga to reorientate yourself. When you have reorientated, where you are sitting in humility and gratitude just for the opportunity to be part of the success of a Paramahansa Sankalp or as somebody whose Sankalpa is um, from that place of Atma Bhav, then your actions, your efficiency, your full heart, your care, your love that you put into every moment opens up the experience just like Hanuman opens up his heart and you see Ram and Sita there. He's Ram, uh, Hanuman is capable of doing anything, jumping over oceans, turning tiny, turning humongous, lighting everything on fire with his tail purely because he is not the doer because he is not, it's not his agenda to go and find Sita. It is Ram's agenda to go and find Sita. He is only acting upon Ram's instructions. And because of that love for Ram and Ram's instructions to go and find Sita, Hanuman is capable of doing the impossible. And this has been my experience of shifting from karma yoga into a state of service over and over and over and over again. Shivani, this needs to happen. Ego says, that's not going to happen. I can't do that. We don't have the resources to do that. We don't have the time to do that. We don't have the people to do that. That's my karma yoga mind of my agenda what I think can be done, what I think is needed, what I think, not, not necessary, <laughs> not the point, stop, right? Come into service, what are you here? You're here to be part of the success and the solution. This Sankalpa is asking you to do this. Yes, okay, no problem. And as soon as you say, yes, okay, no problem. You're asking me to do this. You're asking me to jump an ocean. You're asking me to do the impossible. As soon as your heart says yes from that place of deep trust of, you wouldn't be asking me to do it, Swamiji, if it wasn't possible to be done. Then, by grace alone, people come. Time stretches. Resources show up. 
everything happens and it's done, no problem. But if your energy, if your mind is constantly putting in blockages of like, well, we don't have enough people, we don't have this, I need this, we have I haven't eaten, blah, 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 then none of it's gonna happen. And so that is the reorientation of your life force energy. So karma yoga is the art reorientation from my will to thy will. Service is thy will, right? Being a part of thy will, offering my life force energy to being part of a solution for whatever the sankalpa is, whether that's just day-to-day -day ashram living of what needs to be done or whether it's a huge yagya, it does not matter because what is happening is inside of you, right? If you can't have the orientation in the simplest of, of actions on the quietest of days in an ashram, then goodness knows your mind will not handle being asked to perform the impossible, the impossible, because with your ego think, thinking it's impossible, um, when the pressure is on. And this, this is this is the opportunity of growth. This really purifies, reorganizes, and brings money put at the sense of self. But sense of self is never separated from the whole. And this is the shift in mind from the lower mind that's connected with Manipura Chakra into the higher mind, which is the foundation of the fifth dimension, which is connected to Anahat Chakra, which is we, not me. You literally have to be reorientated from me. Can I make an M with my three fingers? I don't know if I can. We go, me to we, right? You literally have to stand on your head. Your mind literally has to be turned upside down. Then we can come into we. And that is, you have a real sense of self. You have a real sense of who you are when you no longer see yourself separate, but interconnected and then part of interconnected or part of and then absorbed into not everything is in you but you are in everything yeah so then you have selfless service this whole this whole egoic uh, western thing of i'm going to the ashram to practice selfless service no you're not you're going to the ashram to purify your mind right? So that you have a possibility of living this life with a peaceful mind, with peace of mind. You're coming to the ashram to purify the mind. So you have the opportunity to live a life in response to reality, not in reaction to reality. You're coming to ashram to learn how to be out of the instinctual animalistic uh, reality that 90% of us sit in, to being a human, a being of light. How do we live in this world as beings of light? I can tell you, you don't. Your ego orientation doesn't. Your ego orientation is stuck in the animalistic, instinctual mind of my own self-worth, self-wealth, self-preservation, and self-importance. So then you come into selfless service. So then what is selfless service? And in my 
observation, experience, perspective, understanding, whatever you want to call it. Selfless service is a state of being. It's not what you do. Um, selfless service, I'm thinking of Sri Swamiji, Swami Satsangi, Swami Narendra, dear God, their entire lives have become an act of selfless service. Um, humbling. Oh my God, inspiring. Uh, when, when you run a frequency and you run a frequency, you embody a consciousness, same thing, different words, same experience. You embody a consciousness or you run a frequency that has the right relationship of self to the whole, understanding that the Jeev Atma is part of the Atma above, the Param Atma, sorry, and that when things are perceived from that place, there you ne you don't experience the other as separate from you. You you no longer. And it's not a lack of boundaries because the ego is no longer trying to hold itself. It, it, it knows its frequency. It can call upon its frequency at any moment. It's not a, a fear of, I'm gonna lose myself if I have no boundaries. That's not what Atma Bhava is. Atma Bhava is this deep, deep trust, this mastery of knowing the frequency of the self, of your ego, of this lifetime, of your dharma, to be called upon at any moment for any action that it is required. But within that, you sit in this level of consciousness where looking at somebody, you understand, you feel, you look at them and all you, all you see is, all you feel is love for that person. Love, not love, love like your own child and you love them and you see their hang-ups and you see their potential and you see what is needed and from that state that state of pure love that is not discriminate you do not have to know the person you could see like a complete stranger across the street and you feel as close to them as part of them as them as part of you as your own child and you you know them you see where they get hung up you see what they're capable of and you understand and you and you can see the pattern and so you understand the action that is required to support and to liberate them out of karma and into dharma. And then you do that. The action that you do when you're in that frequency, when you're in that state of consciousness, the action that you do, the decisions that you make, the sankalpa that you make, the actions that come from that, that is selfless service, selfless service. There is no you in there. 
You are not perceiving it from you and other. You are in a state of Atma Bhav. And in that state of Atma Bhav, you know what to do. You know what is going to bring peace, health, and prosperity to all. And then you put your life force energy towards those actions. That is selfless service. For that, you have to be making those decisions, making those plans, understanding what is needing to be done in the state of Atma Bhav. So you have this idea, you, you decide, okay, for this we need to, we're going to perform the Satchandi Mahayagya because that is going to bring a specific frequency and then this is the dan we are going to offer everybody and this is what's going to happen, this is going to rebalance. So this is the decision that has been made. And that light, that love, that clarity, that frequency attracts the souls that may not be there, definitely not there, right? But attracts the souls that want to be part of it, that have enough humility to know that they don't know what to do to fix the world. They don't know what to do to make everything better. They don't know what to do, when to act and when to leave well alone, which is also an action, by the way. But they trust the decisions made by specific souls that embody that state of Atma Bhav, that that is what is going to bring the balance. And they request to be part of that. So you have Karma Yoga, which is the ego moving from personal agenda and my will and what I want out of this experience and what I need out of it, this experience and what I've come here for and what I want out of it and what I'm paying for and what I, this is how people come to ashram. I'm going to do this retreat because I want this and I need this and I, oh, okay, no more that I am very good. Okay. You know what you need. Very good. Okay. But the slowly, slowly the mind purifies and realizes that all of that identification of what they need and what they want and what they is actually holding them in the suffering that they're trying to get away from. Slowly, slowly, as they do the practices and the sadhana and the, and the purification and the asana and the pranayama and the everything else, slowly, slowly, they have become the fortification of ready to, I want to understand surrender. Okay, somebody says to you, I want to understand surrender, right, you come do karma yoga. This, now you're ready for karma yoga because you're telling me that you're wanting to go from my will to thy will. You want to experience the sweet nectar of surrender? Then the ashram life is for you. That reorientates the ego from my will to thy will. And thy will is the state where you are still in a state of purification. And you have offered your life force energy to being part of a solution, part of the success of something that is not designed by you, that is not uh, in control by you, but is of a bigger picture. Something you may not egoically or monetarily or anything receive anything from. But I can tell you, as sure as the sun will rise in the east, Every single time that I have been in ashram, I have received 
more grace, more compassion, more love, more understanding, more purification, <laughs> more everything that I have needed to evolve and hear. Even if on the outside, day-to-day -day is challenging, day-to-day -day has conflict, day-to-day -day is boring, day-to-day -day is whatever my ego wants it to be, right? But every year I have come back a different person. Every year I have come back more myself. Myself, not me. And my only wish is that all who seek it have the courage to step into action to receive it because it's there. It is not discriminative to anybody. The door is open, but you have to walk through it. So this is the difference between karma yoga, service, and selfless service, okay? So love to hear your questions for your comments love to hear your experience of karma yoga um yeah i hope you're having a beautiful day thank you for joining us in our solace and shine podcast if you liked this episode please subscribe rate and share it we would love to hear what inspired you, and if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are, our online community. You can find the link in the podcast description. Follow the link and you will receive two weeks for free. See you soon, and don't forget, soften and expand.